1: Today's episode of the Open Mic Podcast is brought to you by Uber. Uber is probably one of my most favorite apps that I use on my entire phone. I take advantage of it constantly when I don't feel like driving. And with the holidays literally just around the corner, you don't want to be hopping in the car and driving off, especially if you've been tipping back and having some of that holiday cheer. It's very easy to use. All you have to go is to your app store, download the app, put in a credit card or a debit card, and off you go. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, Brett, I don't want to be spending any extra money, especially around the holidays. I just spent a ton of money on gifts. Well, guess what? I have an early Christmas present for you. If you use promo code M 9732 ue that's B-R-E-T-T-M9732UE, your first ride is on me. Have a happy and enjoyable holiday season. Hey, Open Mic Podcast listeners. Want to share your opinions, give me feedback, or tell me what you're thinking? If you do, send me a voice message. Voice messages are an easy way for you to send me audio that might end up in future episodes of the podcast. They're the latest feature from Anchor, the platform that I use to make this show. Here are some things that I would love to hear from you. What questions do you have for me? What did you think of the episode? What did you think of the topic? Who should I interview next? Make up a theme song, I don't know. Do your best impression of me. I'll see all of your messages and I might add them into a future episode. Anchor makes that part super easy. You can send me a voice message right now from wherever you're at, wherever you're listening. Just tap the link in my show notes and I can't wait to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to the Open Mic Podcast. Until next time, cheers and be well and enjoy today's episode.
0: It's time for the Open Mic Podcast with your host, Brett Allen. Broadcasting live from the Bay Area studios, here at the Open Mic, no topic is off limits. And of course, you never know who may stop by. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. Hey,
1: what's up, everybody? Welcome into episode 113 of the Open Mic Podcast. It's good to be here with you on this beautiful Bay Area weekend. We have a great show lined up for you. Zane Lamprey is joining me from Podcast One. And uh, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. He is a comedian and he's a podcast host. He's an entrepreneur, brand builder, just a real powerhouse all around. And we have the privilege of talking to him today. Super stoked on this one. Yeah, it's just going to be amazing. And uh, he's a conservationist as well. Just so many different things. It's going to be fun. Thanks for joining in today and being a part of the show. Christmas is almost here, man, next week. And uh, we're going to be taking a small little break from broadcasting. So I wanted to put out one last episode uh, for the holiday season. And then we will be back either just before or after New Year's. I'm not quite sure how we're going to do it. We're not doing any interviews next week. So maybe we'll release one more episode. We'll just see how it goes. But anyway, hope everybody's got all of their Christmas shopping done. I uh, spent some time at the mall today with my son. And, of course, we went and did the Santa thing. It was a lot of fun. We had a really good time. But we're, like, standing in line. And uh, the, the line is, like, I would say at least an hour long. So we decided to uh, jump in. We're standing there. And, of course, you know, I do a bathroom check with my kid all the time before we, like, go do anything that's going to require any length of time. And so I asked him if he has to go potty, and he's like, no, I'm good. So sure enough, we're in line. We're about 10 minutes out from meeting the big red-suited man, and my kid tells me he has to go to the bathroom. Unbelievable. So <laughs> my stomach just sank, and then I turned around to look behind me, and there there was a line double the size of what it was when we originally got in place to meet Santa. So fortunately, there was these awesome people in front of us and behind us that said, hey, there's a red robin just right there. Why don't you take your kid to the restroom and we'll hold your spot? I was like, really? And they were so nice. So shout out to those folks. They probably will never listen to this, but it was awesome that they did that. And we met Santa and we had a lot of fun. So There's that and uh, all the Christmas shopping is done. So I hope everybody has a great holiday season. Again, it's just been so fun this year. And as a matter of fact, I have a Christmas present that I want to give to all of my loyal listeners. Now, with the holidays coming, driving drunk is definitely not a good idea. It's a horrible idea. And especially when you're tipping back that Christmas cheer going from house to house, party to party. You want to have a stress-free time without having to think about getting in a car or driving or even finding a designated driver. Well, Uber has partnered with us for this episode, and we want to give you a free ride. If you use promo code BRETTM9732UE, that's B-R-E-T-T-M 9732UE, you can have a free ride on us. And thanks to Uber for reaching out and being so willing to help be a part and bring this podcast to the airwaves today. That's promo code B R E T T M nine seven three two U E. It's very easy. You just go to your app store, whether it's on Apple or Android, and you download the app. Put in the promo code. You got to put in a credit card or a debit card. But if you're using the promo code that I gave you, you can just get your first ride to your destination on me. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. So, without further ado, let's get to our guest. Super excited. Zane, welcome into the show. It's good to have you here today, my friend.
0: Likewise. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm super excited to chat with you. You do a lot. You're an entrepreneur. You're a comedian. You have a television show. You have a huge brand. You've built several brands, actually. And I want to talk about all of that. Let's start with your television shows. Before we met, you sent me a screener for a show that is going to be premiering in January. If you wouldn't mind talking about that, it's hilarious. What, What
0: episode did I send you?
1: Um. Uh, <laughs> now that you ask me, what happened
0: in it? I'm so testing you now. You
1: were. I know you are. I did watch it. I promise you. You were uh, some foreign country you were in. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that's the show. The show is going to foreign countries. So, okay, we've narrowed it down. Did I send you Switzerland or did I send you Machu Picchu?
1: Machu Picchu. Yes. Oh, there okay. we go. Okay. I could. I. The question <laughs> is, did
0: I throw up in the end?
1: Did you throw up in the end? I don't think that you did. I know. Oh. You,
0: Yes, I did.
1: Okay, so maybe I'm thinking of a different one.
0: I'm keeping track of strikes here. I know. (laughs) Did I I, I get attacked by a dog? A St. Bernard? Because that would be a good suggestion that it is, in fact, Switzerland. Was it Mexico? Was it Grand Cayman? (laughs) What stuck out? What stuck out for you?
1: Well, I'll tell you what stuck out about it. The fact that you have a show, period, about that, and you travel (laughs) country to country drinking alcohol is... Like the best thing ever. It's hilarious. So, how did you come up with this idea? Where did it come from?
0: So, I mean, I I, I think it was back in two thousand and five. Either yeah, maybe late two thousand five. I I I just met with a production company out here. Um, I'm in Los Angeles, where they um uh, they wanted to do like a like a. It was called "You Should Open a Restaurant." It was a show where. Uh, your friend is such a good sh- cook that you basically nominate them and then the show comes in and turns their house into a restaurant for the episode. Okay. And so they wanted a, a host. And, and so I went in to interview and, and they said, "Wow, you're fantastic, but you're just not right for this part and I was like why and they said well your manager didn't read it right we we were turning the person's house into a restaurant we want a sous chef we want a bartender we want waiters we want a host so the host there's no host of the show the host is the person who seats pe- people that's the, that's the role that you're 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 talking to us for oh, wow. and so I was like oh okay you're right that's wrong so I laughed and you know we laughed it was fine <laughs> and then The one of the guys in the room chased me down the hall um, as I was getting on the elevator and said, um, you know, we have a show called Three Sheets where you would, the host would travel around the world and and, and explore different drinking cultures and stuff like that. Would you do that? I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. So, (laughs) you know, it's funny. I'm in Los Angeles. I can't tell you, and my wife and I were talking about this yesterday, about how much just bullshit is just spewed out out in Los Angeles. I just oh, can't I'm wait. Sure. I, I I can't wait to leave. Um, and it's just like it's just like people tell you one thing and then there's no follow up and they blow smoke and it's just not it's just a very inauthentic environment. Well, these guys said, "Hey, we'll call you, you know, this week." And and sure enough, they called me. Well, they're up, they were screaming Screaming Flea. They're a production company based out of Seattle. Well, they didn't realize that they had to be, be authentic to their word. So they actually called me, you know, and, and, and we actually went through and did it. And it was really it was a quick process. It wasn't all this bureaucracy and waiting around. They're like, Hey, we like you. Do you like the show? Yes, I do. Okay, great. Let's do it. First things first, come up and shoot a pilot. So I went up to um to Seattle and did the um um, went to a, a, a Polish social club that turned it that they basically were all these the Polish community was based around. And so everyone in there spoke Polish and they drank vodka and had a big party every, you know, every weekend or whatever it is. And so I went and just blended into that and and made that my visit to Poland. The, the network saw it, uh, you know, two weeks later after they put it together and and two weeks later after that, we, we had an agreement. And then two weeks later after that, I was on my way to Ireland. And so it just, it happened really quick. And, you know, I remember getting to Ireland with me and Mike Kelly, who is the, the executive producer of the show. And, you know, it's kind of like, what are you looking for? Like, what do you want this show to be? He's like, you, you you just do your thing we like what you do so you do it like there was no instruction like okay go into this scene and then i want you to sit down and talk to them da 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 i was like no you go we'll roll the ca- we'll do our job with the cameras you do what you do and then that was it and so it worked and it was be- it was for a network called NHD i didn't even have a, an HD tv at the time like i said this is <laughs> 2005 or 6 and so i didn't know um I didn't, I hadn't heard of the network. I didn't think anyone was going to see it. So I just, I was just, what was great about that is that there was no, um, I wasn't cautious. Cautious. Mm-hmm. I was myself. I wasn't trying to impress anybody. I was just who I am. I was curious. I was naive. I was funny when I could be. Um, and, 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 and just me as a person, I'm a, I'm a considerate kind person And so I think that that just, that resonated with the people that I was sitting with and that resonated with the viewers and we had a good time. So that, you know, that was a, a four year run. We did that for four years before the network went down. Um, you know, there was only, there's only room for so many networks in the HD tier at that time, like Mm -hmm. from a bandwidth perspective. And so I think like discovery channel came in and took that, took over that, that spot. And I went on to, well, they, I mean, I'll I'll just write off the story. They, they had a, um, a save three sheets rally, uh, in LA, uh, where about six or 700 people showed up and we marched through Beverly Hills, went to a few bars and then marched through like all of the networks and stuff. And just to show them that, you know, there's a fan base that wants this show. You guys should buy this, buy the show. Um, and then I went to New York like two days later and did it there. Well, there we had over a thousand people. We couldn't even count them. Um, I remember the cops just didn't even know. Like we didn't have a a permit. To, you know, I don't know what you, what the permits called for, uh, a, a, like a, an assembly or whatever it is. Sure. And so they're like, "Who who are you?" <laughs> you know, like so I had to have the cops walk me through. Well, one of the people in that in that march when we were at the last bar, I found out who had been with us all the time was Mark Cuban. So he's like, Hey, I want to do the show. And, you know, but three sheets was a little tied up or whatever. And so, um, with ownership or whatever. And so we did a show called drinking made easy, which while three sheets was an international drinking show, uh, drinking made easy would be domestic. And we did, um, we did three seasons of it. We ended up doing more episodes of that. I think we did 51 episodes of three sheets and like 61 episodes of drinking made easy that network went away. <laughs> uh, he, he turned that into a music network, live music network. And then um, I did Chug for Nat Geo, which is me traveling by train, doing the same thing internationally, uh, learning about drinking cultures. Uh, and during that time, I also did a show called Have Fork Will cool Travel, which was so, the same idea of the show, but was with food. And that was for the Food Network. And then, um, so right now, as we talked about um, before I went off on my long, long rant here, I, uh, I shot a show this past summer, summer of 2018, for um, uh, four sheets, which is basically revitalizing three sheets but improving it where we could, and we are confident that we did. Um, you liked it so much you couldn't even remember what, what, you, what you watched. And, uh, and so that comes out on Drink TV in, uh, in January. So um, I don't have the details right now, but depending on when people listen to this, um, they can go to... Um, you know, just go to actually the the show's called Four Sheets. Just go to foursheets.com and that'll link you right to the network. You can watch the show. Um, you can watch an episode for free and and and, and appreciate it and that's it. That we just what do we sum up right there? Thirteen years?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a perfect. long career. And it will <laughs> it, it will air next week. So we can definitely get it out before the new year. So yeah. you you've done this a lot. You've you've just been involved with comedy and, and television for so long. Did this just come natural for you, or did you have an aha moment in your life you know, where you were it, like, I'm funny, I can do this?
0: You know, th- this is, it, it, I have to always decide do I, how much of the persona do I carry into an interview like this, and how much of, of my own personality do I bring back. It's peeling back, their, their persona of me and, and me are, are the same, but they're different. Mm -hmm. you know the the persona of me is the good time happy everything's awesome kicking ass going out having drinks and and just everything is amazing and i've had all these shows and all this stuff is great The, the 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 reality behind the scenes is is that it's been a very difficult journey you know you can get two things from the story i told you one is that I've been I've been on TV and multiple networks and just doing amazing shows and traveling around the world and really having it's just an amazing life experience. But on the other side, my my shows have been canceled you know five six seven times. So so it's always a struggle of like you know the show gets canceled. You pitch it to other networks and they go well we don't like drinking content and da da da. -da. And then you have to then I have to decide do I want to just leave that world altogether and then it, it's it's a constant battle and then it's also like you know like you were saying the the humor is that is really the through line of the whole thing mm-hmm. and so do i do i just you know it's so funny i was like thinking about this last night do i just just say forget everything and i just go on the road and do do stand up and paint in my garage when i'm home mm-hmm. you know I, I i like at the end of the day like it, it, that might be more of who I am. Move to Colorado, live on a ranch, have animals, paint, spend time with my family, and and when I can go out and and tour, I, I tour, but not like I did when I did my first tour, which was I had two the first season of Drinking Made Easy for Mark Cuban. <clears throat> I I uh, we traveled around for for ninety days, and I did the TV show during the day, and I did stand up at night. Oh wow! So we, we sold out like House of Blues and those big, big, you know, 500 to 1,000 um, seat venues. And um, uh, it was it was quite a toll. And I was not home a day, you know, for for three, three and a half months, really. Um, so that was that was tough. I mean, of course, my my wife was a producer, so she traveled with me, which is great. So that sort of keeps it going. But but in in this case, like, you know, and it's probably going to happen this summer. I'm probably going to do a stand up. Tour, hopefully along with shooting my show, but not concurrent. (laughs) You know, I'm not gonna. I'm I'm not. You would kill yourself. Yeah, I'm not in my. I'm not in my 30s anymore. So it's it's almost. It's like part of it is like is like yeah, would I kill myself? But I guess the the reality is like would I burn myself out? You know, Mm -hmm. and and the thing to always. Keep in mind, you know, as an entertainer and as I explain the persona and the real person is that is that when you are entertaining, you are the persona and you need to be on.
1: Mm -hmm. You
0: can't, you know, I'm I'm at times a very laid back person. But but when I'm doing an interview like this or when I'm excited and doing things that I like or performing or in a show, then, you know, that I'm on. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm still me. But but it's an elevated version of myself.
1: Yeah, and I've talked to a lot of comics and just entertainment people in general, and you probably would have a very successful career if you just did comedy. If that's all you really wanted to do along with your podcast and that sort of thing, but the whole television aspect, I imagine just adds levels of of anxiety maybe and stress just trying to make it all work.
0: It's 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 a it's such a delicate and 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 frustrating dance. To go and, and talk to these networks who there's there's often this fickleness, but really at the end of the day, it's like, so I go in and talk to this person. Let's just call them person A, right? So I I pitch them the idea or, or they pitch me the idea or whatever, or, or I go in with another company or whatever it is and you pitch person A and they love it. Great. But – they then have person B that they need to answer to. And that person B has person C and it often goes to like a D like the head of the network. So it just works up the chain. And so what happens is person A at the end of the day, they want to make great stuff, but really what's most important to them is, is making a living
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and, and, and paying their bills and, and, and not, you know, and staying employed, right? That's an important thing for, for people. And so, person A that I'm pitching to now sort of channels what they think person D is looking for so they don't want to take chances they don't they don't want to go outside of the norm and 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 the shows that I have done are a little atypical you don't find a lot of these type of shows and so they will go you know so they are unwilling to take a chance because of what's up the what's up the chain mm-hmm. you know so so they always want to. Everyone A, B, C, D, a, 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 B, and C always want to channel what D wants, and that makes sense. Sure, that's the big boss, right? Like you want to, you want to please that big boss, and you start to think like that big boss. And and it's it's kind of like a, a like a, a a musician or a group that has a one. It's they're like you'll call call them a one hit wonder, because they have nothing to lose. They throw it all out there. They make an amazing song, and then they get big. And they don't want to lose what they have, and so they start being cautious because they don't want to lose where they've come to. They can't afford to take a chance because if they take a big chance, they could succeed, but they could also fail.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's,
0: it's just this whole psyche of things that you, you deal with, and that's that's the one side, right? Like That's the one side where, where you need other people to – you need a, a person, right? The D, the person at the top of the food chain, to make that decision to determine – you know whether you'll get a show or whether your show will stay on the air it's all based on ratings and advertisers all that kind of thing the other side like you mentioned is is my podcast is Zane's World yes um and stand up and things that I could do forever because if the people are enjoying themselves they'll come see my stand up if I'm doing a good job in the in the podcast you know where in my past podcast I talk a little less because I want to hear what other people have to say but like you know this happens to be on me you know like that's really up to me to do the best job I can do. And if I do a good job, then people will listen. You mm-hmm. know, Whereas I could do a really good job on a, on a TV show, but then the network goes off the air. Or the, or the person who bought my show is fired, which has happened. Um, or the network changes like... When I was on Fine Living Network, it all of a sudden changed into cooking channel, and so we didn't we didn't have life there, which is you know so there's all these things on both A and B, and that's why it's was like if I could do stand up and paint in my garage and my underwear, like I'd be pretty happy because <laughs> i you know I, i'm I'm doing what I want to do, sure. and if people like my paintings, they'll buy them, and if they like my stand up, they'll come and watch it and so you know you get to a certain point you're just like that's also the advantage of of all the hard work that I put in. It put in up until this point is that I could do something like that because I've made a bit of a name for myself. So at at this point, I could do those things and get noticed. I couldn't have started my career, you know, like that necessarily.
1: I remember, yeah, seeing you even on, you know, with Conan or Carson Daly back in the early 2000s. I was like, okay, this not, guy... Hey, hey, not that early. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm 43, so not... Yeah, it's not that early. That's very true. That's always the fun thing about interviewing a comedian. I always have to... I'm always on my toes, but I have to really be on yeah. my toes. You
0: can't, you can't win. Just don't even... No, don't try to win. I don't. Yeah. And that's
1: the thing. It, as, as a caveat, it's funny. I was watching this comedian. He was posting videos on Instagram. Why do audience members always try and... Not acquiesce with the comic on stage. It's so funny. Like a comic will ask a question because they're doing their crowd work, and then the the audience member thinks that they're going to be able to outsmart the comedian. But there's no way on earth that that's even going to happen. Ha- have you ever had that? I know, you know it's kind of a sidetrack, but I, I wanted. to No, ask no, you. no.
0: It's, it's 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 that is a that is a hot button for me because um, there was something. What did I just see? Oh, I forgot his name that he was being heckled this happened like yesterday or two days ago this guy was being heckled um by a fan a football player for the rams and then he turned around and they just were heckling me he walked up there he's like you know like you know in other words he's like what do you got like like show like you're you're so tough show me and then you know they back down it's like you know why is it okay like why is it okay in that stadium for them to think that it's okay for the fans to say things about him and his family and just like insult him and try to get into his head to make their team win. At the end of the day, it's just a game. Like, chill mm-hmm. out, guys. But like, in, but you, but that's the same thing. It's where a fan, it's the same thing as a, as like a heckler. Like, if I'm up there on stage doing my comedy and somebody that's never nutted up to be able to go up on stage, but someone at some point told them they were funny, oh, so they gosh. think that this is their opportunity to like show the people that they're with that they're actually as funny as me even though they never had the balls to get up there themselves and try it (laughs) but 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 what but what's really difficult about that whole process is that when i'm up there doing like a like stand-up it 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 seems free flowing because it should and at some point there is that kind of that you know energy to it but it's it's, it's most often within any comic, it's most often a, a well-choreographed, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, hour, whatever it turns out to be. And if someone tries to derail them, it's very difficult if like someone's just mouthy. Because one thing is, if someone's in the front row and I have, and this has happened to me where you know, there's 800 people and someone in the front row just keeps interrupting me or rushing the joke or whatever it is, you know, only a few people around them can hear them, but I can hear them. Oh yeah. But but if I give attention to them they're going to get they're going to get worse and no one else in the in the in the audience can hear them so you know I have to sort of move past them but they're now in my head and you know and you want to be like hey dude shut up like I'm up I'm doing my thing here I know that you think you're funny but you're being interrupted and da da da. Well guess what that does? That deflates the energy of the entire room. Sure. And so as when you're up on stage, no matter what it is that you're doing and anyone who's ever on stage knows this, like you have an energy that you have to convey and and it can it can it can be derailed. And you it's it's not an easy thing to tell someone to shut up while also being funny and having the person understand. And now if I tell them in a funny way, now they think that I'm having fun with them. It's like, no, I'm just trying not to lose the rest of the group and just telling you to shut up and leave but you know what i mean like it's you you can't do that cuz if you're harsh then everyone's like whoa dude and then all of a sudden you lose the room and now you got to and i got to earn them back it's it's not an easy sure. thing to do and I, and i and i hate it i hate it when i i did my stand up tour and in, initially i dealt with a bunch of that um which just you know i just had to figure out ways of dealing with it at the end of the day i i just had my 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 road, my tour manager just like hang up by the stage. I'm like, dude, if someone's being disrup- dis- dis- disruptive, just go and tell them just to stop. Like you tell them stop or you'll have to leave. Like I, I, I don't want to have to deal with that, you know, and, and have to figure out how to like, you know, bring people down because it's always you know sometimes they're drunk they don't even you know remember like people sure. emailed me the next day like i'm so sorry i was drunk and you know i, I don't even remember and i'm like oh that's great so you're not even taking accountability for what <laughs> you did you know but My, the next time yeah. the next time i did it, i'll just say the next time i did it i did music so i did i did comedy and songs well, I couldn't hear anybody, you know, so so there's nothing that they could do to, or say because I couldn't hear them. So like because oh I'm playing music, <laughs> and they couldn't interrupt the song because everyone's singing along, whatever. So that was a little better like, than that. But I but I was also hiding behind it. So,
1: yeah, Mike Barbicula is a comedian who's really good at dealing with hecklers. I don't know if you've seen a lot of his material, but he handles them very, very well to the point where you are just like you don't want to even be in the room anymore at that point. And it's not mean spirited, but he just, it's an art. It's, it's a, an art. It's that an he, art. He, yeah. He, yeah.
0: He, I know him. He, he's, 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 he, it's not, it's not an easy thing. That's just something that he, he's, he did that wrong before he did it right. You mm. know, there's so many times that he did it where it backfired on him before he realized like the few things, like I had a buddy that would just say like, how about, you know, Dude, shut up! Well, how about I give you like a coloring book and and a and, and you know and some crayons and you can sit there and you know like draw because you're an idiot. Like you know, it's just like he he found ways to say it to insult the people. But then a lot of times they think that they'll shout something back. And I've never ever been that person, even before I ever got up on stage that would like ever be disrespectful. But I mean, I don't know if it's either I can hold my drink or I wasn't wasn't <laughs> raised like that or whatever it is. But like it's one of those things that drives me nuts. It's those people that those gutless people that that are just so insecure and think that they're going to be the ones that can you know go up there and like I don't know what they're thinking like all their friends are going to be the next day like oh my god you were the funniest person ever and it was so much fun going to the <laughs> comedy show with you and you disrupted the comic oh my god that was so awesome oh uh, no can't wait can't wait to bring you to another one and have you <laughs> br- ruin another night
1: yeah <laughs> very embarrassing well i want to switch over to the entrepreneur side because you have built several successful brands, but I want to talk about the drinking jacket and that, which I think is awesome. Which I want to order one of those, even if I just put my coffee in it. I think it's a smart idea. How did you come up with that idea in particular?
0: When, when I was doing three sheets, um, I was not making a lot of money. Um, you know, it's funny because people were like, "Who? What kind of car you have? Like, you're on Hollywood. You're on TV." Is like yeah, dude, I was making like two grand an episode. The first year I did, I did eight episodes, you know, minus my manager fee, whatever. That's like 16 grand. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like, no, there was not money. Even when I was doing, even at the last season, it just, it still wasn't, it wasn't even paying at that point, at that time, now mortgage at that time, rent. And so I was like, uh, I got to figure this out. So I, you know, that the network didn't care what I wore. So I was like having, um, sorry, I was like burp up kombucha. So, um, I was like, you know, um, uh, I said, Hey, if I make some t-shirts, can I like wear them? And they're like, yeah, sure. Whatever. So I ended up making t-shirts, um, that I would wear in the show when I knew there's a big enough fan base and people started buying them. And it was like, that did, did fantastic. And then I started custom ma- making them a little bit. And I remember talking to someone who was making them for me and I was like, Hey, what can we do? Can we make a sweatshirt? And and like embroider it and you know whatever and so then and then i was like i really want to make a bottle opener zipper and i talked to another person like yeah we can do that i'm like what what else can you do like anything i'm like whatever so then we started sourcing it overseas and then developing it and me learning at a completely new uh trade and industry and um um and then uh once I learned how to do that with some mistakes, um, some great stuff, some things that I needed to improve on, uh, then I basically did one through Kickstarter. I did the drinking jacket, which was sort of the, you know, had all these drinking features, a beverage, po- like a koozie pocket, all this kind of stuff. And and then, um, you know, I realized that, I'm you know, calling it the drinking jacket was sort of like a joke. I mean, it was a sweatshirt. It was it was a multi-purpose, innovative sweatshirt. But you didn't have to be a drinker to, to want this jacket. So I then formed the, my company Adventure. Um, you know, I called it the Adventure Hoodie. And then I made improvements to it. And then I changed the name of the comp- company to Adventure, the first E being a three, because we plant three trees now with every purchase, trying to, you know, if now we're really... As much about travel as we are about, you know, drinking. So yes, it can hold your beer and keep it cold. But can, like you say, it can also hold your coffee and keep it warm. Mm-hmm. It's got a built the, the the bottle opener zipper was cute, was cool, but it, it it was a little heavy and sometimes it would it would sort of start to work its way down as you were wearing it because it was a little too heavy. So now the bottle opener is in the pocket. It's really small, but it's still there. You know, drinking gloves were a little bulky, so we reduced the size of those. We improved the quality of it. So now. Now you know, adventure is is a great brand where I have some amazing people that are working with me, working for me, um, on it. Um, but it was the evolution of, of, of really the the me wearing a t shirt turning into the uh, the sweatshirt, and then now having an outdoor apparel company where we make a bunch of great jackets that all um, convert into travel pillows, as well as have. Those cool drinking features. So, but you know, I wanted to, above all, make a cool jacket Mm -hmm. rather than definitely
1: the jet for sure.
0: Yeah, so a cool jacket and a well well made jacket, and then all those innovations that would actually work and people would
1: actually use. Very handy for sure. What advice would you have for someone who is a young entrepreneur and they're wanting to build a brand? If you could give. I'm sure you have people reach out to you all the time who want to ask you questions like how do I start a podcast or how do I get on podcast one or how do I I don't know there's probably a million questions I would imagine what what one piece of advice would you have for that person who is wanting to maybe just it covers a lot of things but just
0: No it's no it, it but it, but it's all the same thing I I want to have a TV show I want to do this I want to start mm-hmm. a product I want to do all these you know and and people understanding my sort of entrepreneurial n- nature, um, and, and, and they have that same sort of spirit in them. And really at the end of the day is, um, is just do it and fail, you know, do it and fail, go fail, go fail, go fail. And then you'll figure it out. Like I can't tell you how to, it's the same answer of how do I start a spirits brand or how do I get a TV show or how do I start a clothing company or how do I start any, you know any, anything else is it's it's hard work and figuring it out
1: you mm-hmm. know
0: and 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 when you when it comes time to question whether you should quit or keep going um examine that very closely because oftentimes you should quit you know one time it's funny i i started before i was even doing like my tv stuff when i moved out here i was doing tv stuff but i wasn't making any money doing it so i decided I was, a you know, an illustrator, an artist, and so I started making greeting cards. And I was doing hand-drawn greeting cards, and um, they were good. I mean, whatever. I had a bunch of stores that were interested in them, and and, uh, and I talked to this husband and wife that had been doing it for a few years, and they said, you know, how's it going? And I explained, you know, here's, a, here's what I'm doing, whatever, and they're like, okay. And I said, I'm also, you know, doing TV, and they're like, wow, that's, you know... The greeting card business is competitive enough without you splitting your time between multiple things and not really wanting to be 100% into this. And, and if, if, that's, if your heart really is in doing TV, then you need to stop doing greeting cards and just do TV. Mm-hmm. If you want to do greeting cards, your greeting cards are good enough where you could make a living doing it, but then you're doing just greeting cards. So you need, to, you need to figure that out. And so it was a great phone call. I like when people hit, hit it to me straight, which people a lot of people have have done, you know, not not always, but often. And so um, I hung up the phone, I, I took all of my greeting cards, all my supplies, and I put them in a box, and the box is still in my garage, which is you 15. Know, 15- 20 years later, probably 20 years later. And, and so that was a great piece of advice. No, I did not want to be in the greeting card business. I wanted to do TV. So you're right. Stop, stop, just focus, focus on one thing don't feel like you can diversify yourself until you get to a point where one is working well enough that you can start to branch off of it. Or like with, with me, like doing TV is, is what helped me launch all my brands
1: Mm-hmm. From the
0: from the Zanesboro Podcast to the Adventure Clothing Brand to my rum company to all these different things, like me being on T V was the catalyst for for all those things. Um, and so, you know, people just need to bust their butt and, and learn. A lot you know, one guy was pitching pitching this show to me and, and he just he just he loved it and he couldn't get anyone to buy it and but he was but he was like, There it idiots, it'd be a great show and I was like, Yeah, but everyone's telling you no. Mm-hmm. you know and, and you've been pushing this show for like a year or two and everyone keeps saying no you know you need to create another show and if some point someone says oh no to one of your other shows and then you slide this one in and at some point it goes that's fine but like i know the environment of what people are buying and what you're pitching is not a show that people are buying so you need to you need to be aware of that if everyone's telling now there's the same story with like, you know, like, I don't know, like the Rocky Balboa script or whatever it is. Like people, everyone kept saying no, no, no. And then eventually, yeah, they say yeah. yes, and whatever. But like like at some point you need to you need to know when to listen to to your consumer, your potential consumer and just not do it at the same time you need to know when to not give up and that's and that's a tough one right like there's no magic there's no formula for that it's just it's just you know I, I as you and i started this phone call or this 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 Skype for this podcast i told i had another phone call well mm-hmm. for me out here it's, it was 7:30 in the morning and and like you know and they're like oh do we wake you up i'm like no i'm up at 6 i'm up at 5:30 but you know like how am i going to get anything done the day's not long enough I got to be up early and I function better in the morning. So like, you know, there's, there's so much competition with everything these days. And you know, there, of course you can start new businesses. You just need to be aware of the market you're walking into and Mm -hmm. understand what, you know, call it your USP, your unique selling proposition. What makes, what makes what you're doing so special above others that are, that have tried to do it or are doing it. Why do you think that you can do it better or what do you, what do you bring to it? That's, that's different. So it's, again, it's an, it's always a struggle when you're an entrepreneur or whether you're on TV or whatever it is, there's always somebody that wants, wants your spot, you know? Mm -hmm. So you gotta, you gotta fight to get it. And then once you get it, you gotta fight to keep it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Even doing a podcast, you know, it's very competitive and you have to just do this purely for the joy of doing it. I haven't made a dime really. And I don't know that I will. I hope that I do, but You know, the point is, is that I have the privilege and honor of talking to celebrities like yourself and other entrepreneurs and thought leaders, and that in itself is just a blast. Because if it wasn't for that, I don't know, you and I probably wouldn't be having this conversation. (laughs) Probably Uh, not. (laughs) Probably not, you know. And uh, I had another guest who we were talking about, you know, mentorship and the advice that they had for people who were looking for a mentor and that sort of thing. But after the show, we were talking and she's like, you know, another really great hack to get in front of people is to have a podcast. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. yeah, that's that's a smart thing because you have an opportunity, 30 minutes here to to ask as many questions as you can and be coherent and have it all flow well and bring the best value to you, the guest and to the audience as well. So, you know,
0: you know, it's funny. I, so there's a few things to that. And then w- just two quick one, one point and then a quick story. The, um, uh, you know, mental people who are mentors out here or really anywhere are not going to mentor somebody that doesn't show potential, mm-hmm. you know? So someone comes that comes out here from, uh, you know, Scranton and they, and they, and they want to be an actor and they just show up and then they want a mentor. It's like, what have you be done? And they're like, well, I can't do anything until someone gives me a break and you need to give me a break. And then it's like, well, figured out we've, we've all figured it out. Mm-hmm. So someone's like, how do I get on TV? If you tell me I can't get on TV if, unless I have TV experience, but you can't know. So that, so it's this, it's this quandary that people have to figure out. But if you are busting your butt and you show potential, then like you, to get me to come on this podcast and the way you, you approached it and, and talking about your show and the, the, the information you sent over. I'm like, yeah, th- this guy's a serious guy. This, we're going to have a good, serious conversation. Mm-hmm. He's, prof- he's professional. He's, he's, he's doing it. You, know? You, you, know, you didn't need me to do it. You were going to do it regardless. And I think that's really how people can get a mentor or get people to take mm-hmm. them seriously is when they take themselves seriously yeah. and, and when they are doing it. So I don't care. Go out and make videos with your phone until you, you know, until you start making it on a better camera, and then maybe someone sees what you're doing, and thinks it's cool, and then you start making. There's a guy I know who's doing like it's called the One Minute One Minute Joe. Um, it's on Instagram. One Minute Movie with Joe's One Minute Movie. I'm I'm saying it wrong, but you'll if you Google it, you will find it. Mm-hmm. And he's just like okay, i I'm, I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna do it. So he's doing it with his phone, and it's good. And he's gonna eventually move past that. And, and he, you know, I was like, dude, I'll do one of these with you. You know, I'll do one of your one minute shows. It's like, it's a one minute thing. It's, it's, and he shoots it on his phone and it's, it's funny. And, and so he could, because he's doing it, he's not saying, Hey, i have this idea. Like, no, he's like, he's like doing it. So when I, so here's the story. When i when I was out here and I, I sold my car, I had no car, which is really weird in LA. I took the money and I made a, um, uh, like a hidden camera show
1: mm-hmm. and,
0: um, and I, I I made it. And then, well, now what do I do with it? I can't send it around because I don't know anybody. So I got the, the the guide for Hollywood of all the agents and all this kind of stuff. And this was the days of VHS to show how long ago it was. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so I made all my VHS tapes, which took as long to make them as it did to play one, right? <laughs> you, you just, oh, gosh. <laughs> you, you had to like make one at a time, whatever. And, Horrible. And then, and then I got quotes from, you know, b- bullshit quotes from fake people uh, that I put on the on the front. And then I wrote this little letter that was, like, either I would say, like, uh, Bernie Brostein was a big manager out here at the time. I said, oh, uh, Bernie Brostein thought you'd get a kick out of this, told me to send it to you, like, Zane. <laughs> or or it would be like, hey, check this out, Bernie Brostein, like, from me, right, like, fake letterhead or whatever, to get people to watch it. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, I don't know how much you appreciate swearing on this podcast, but I'll just say you got you got to say f it. You know, because, no, you're fine. You're totally okay. fine. Yeah. Then you guys, then you gotta say fuck it. You have to say fuck it. And like, you know, I'm 46 years old. I turn 47 pretty soon. Three years after that, I'll be 50. It's, when I moved out here, I was 23. I never even considered being as fucking old as 50. And so I'm glad of all the risks that I took and I'm yeah. mad at, at the risks that I didn't take. Mm-hmm. So you can never, you're never going to look back and say um, you're, you're always going to look back and, 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 be regretful of the, of the risks you didn't take, not the stuff you did do. Like that's yeah. at the end of the day that just, even if it, it's a fail, it goes time just makes it go away. So, mm-hmm. so at the end of the day I got, you know, I got one of those across uh Merv Griffin. If people know who that is he created wheel of fortune and and, uh and uh what was the other one jeopardy you know and uh and was a billionaire and i got it to him and he liked it so he owned the beverly hilton at the time brought me brought me over for lunch we talked about it i introduced me to all of his whole department and we ended up making a show over there and and that was the catalyst for three sheets and 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 that was it like but i had to just go off and a take the initiative to do it myself and then, and then not be afraid to get it in front of people. And, by the way, that show that I had sent out was the fourth one that I would made.
1: Oh, wow. So I, I,
0: I had made other ones that just weren't that good, but I didn't stop. As a matter of fact, one of the buddies <clears throat> that I was making it with, my buddy Jeremy, I think we made two or three, and he's like, dude, I can't do this anymore. I can't. I got to just – I got to go. I got to get – you know, I got to make a paycheck. I can't, like, mm-hmm. do this anymore. And so he's like, I'm out. What are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to keep going i make number four, and after that, I'll make number five, and six, and seven, and I'm not going to stop. And, and it was that sort of blind tenacity that, that got me to wherever I am today. <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah, like even when I started the podcast here, you know, I just interviewed friends, people I knew from the past that I thought would be interesting to talk to just to sort of develop a skill of talking to people and using my background in radio and then I came across Adam's, you know, podcasting masterclass, mm-hmm. and, which was awesome. And then just I bought the equipment that he recommended that you buy. I was like, holy cow, that's expensive. And... How much was it? Well, so I initially, I made the mistake. The fr- I bought the computer that he mm-hmm. recommended and then I... I bought a Yeti mic initially, but then I was telling everybody I had a Yeti mic, and they're like, "Oh God, that's the worst microphone ever! You need a Rode Procaster or you know a Samson Q2U or something." Wow. So eventually, I just started investing in the equipment to really get good quality, and just one guest has led to another to another to some really big names like yourself and, and other folks, and I, I appreciate your honesty in that and your your candor just in the fact that none of this fell on your lap you know you had to work hard to get to it and and you're still working hard even today you know like you said early on there's the there's the the social persona but then there's your normal personality that's chill but a hard worker and someone who just really grinds it out and and puts out a great product um, where can people find you and your socials and that sort of thing, Zane?
0: I mean, it's all um, unique. My name is unique enough. So uh, that's, that's my advantage. So Zane Lamprey, uh, everywhere, you know, you can just Google Zane Lamprey or find me on Instagram or, you know, listen to the Zane's World podcast, um,
1: on podcast one and on podcast everywhere one, else,
0: yeah. everywhere else. Yeah, exactly. You can get on Apple or any of that kind of stuff as well. So yeah. And then. You know, just when you keep an eye out for me. I'm coming for you. Yeah, well, I mean. <laughs> if you come out to the Bay
1: Area to do stand-up, I'll definitely be there. Done. Uh, that would be awesome. Uh, I'll, be I'll, like, then I'll at
0: least have one person in the yeah. in the seats. That's perfect. Who is me, this me and you.
1: psycho yeah. fan that keeps yeah. asking for Zane? Hey, he says he hey, knows hey, you. Hey Brad, hey, Brad,
0: is that you back there? I can't <laughs> see. The lights are too bright.
1: <laughs> awesome, Zane. Thank you so much for being here you today. Ahead, I appreciate it.
0: My pleasure. Thank you.
1: All right. Happy holidays, everybody. Thanks again for being a part of the show this year. We'll be back here in about a week or so with brand new, fresh episodes hot off the presses. Have a safe and enjoyable holiday season and let somebody know that you love them and let them know that you care. Merry Christmas and we'll talk to you soon. That
0: brings today's episode to a close thanks for listening in. If you enjoyed today's episode,
1: head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a kind rating and review. It really does help. Until next time, cheers and be well.